Welcome to the Evo GK Podcast. Evo GK Podcast. What a save! We bring you the highs and the lows and lessons learned as we talk everything goalkeeping with some of the best in the business. For your ultimate goalkeeping fix, this is the podcast for you. With your hosts, James Howarth and Dominic Bilet. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Evo GK podcast. We're joined by um, Paul Jones today, who's another very special guest. Um, but before we speak to Paul, Dominic, how are we? Yeah, very good, James. And hello to everyone listening. We're still going. We're still going. We've had a lot of great guests. Maybe they've carried us. Um, and thank you for everyone sending your questions. We've got more questions today for Paul Jones from a lot of Wolverhampton fans. We'll try and get them out. But yeah, I, I, I've heard a lot of comments I sound like I'm in a fishbowl, so forgive us for that. I've, I've tried to work on it for this one, but, you know, lockdown and quarantine, we've had to make do with our home studio. But as long as you're still getting that goalkeeper gossip, shall we say, then, then we're still rolling. Absolutely. And um, just a little bit of information on Paul, um, Welsh International, which is absolutely fantastic to bring on the podcast. Yeah. Um, also playing for clubs such as Liverpool, Southampton. Um, even though spending just a very short time at Liverpool, um, we dive into some great stories about his playing career and also his thoughts on the modern game and obviously what it was like playing in, in Paul's era. Um, also to announce, which we're absolutely delighted, Dominic. Um, yeah, our friends. Yeah, our new main sponsor, um, Driven Marketing Services. Um, and they are always happy to help businesses market to other businesses. So, Dominic, let's dive right in. Let's go. Paul, how are we? Uh, good, James. Thank you. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, let's dive right in. First of all, it's, a fa- it's fantastic to have a former international goalkeeper on the podcast. You played many games for Wales. How do you look back on your time representing your country? Oh, massive honour, really. Um, obviously, it was a little bit later getting into it. Uh, I was nearly 30 before I got my first cap. Um, and then I took over one of my favourite goalkeepers, Neville Southall. So it's a great honour to be in a couple of squads with him and then take over from him. Uh, and then to go on to make 50 caps as, you know, very proud to the moment, really, for me to, you know, over 10, 10 seasons. I was sort of number one for the 10 seasons. So, yeah, it was tremendous. Brilliant. What, what was Neville like? Was he, obviously, we, we hear a lot about him. He's a, obviously a very big character. What was he like, obviously, to work with? Uh, mad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not about mad keepers, but, I mean, he was literally mad. I mean, he, great lad. I mean, he was just, he was great with everybody. But, um, you know, he had that will to win and, obviously, the times at Everton when he won the league championship and so on, FA Cups and whatever. But just a great lad and I mean a fantastic goalkeeper. Even though he's an Everton fan, I'm a little bit fan. <laughs> well, well, I always remember watching him in a testimonial match, and um, I think it was at St James's Park, and I think he was probably a little bit past his sell-by date, but he made this fantastic double save, and everybody just kind of stood up and went wild. That, that is unbelievable and he, he could still move yeah. tremendously well for you know I think he was out the game for maybe six, seven, eight years and yeah, I mean, he was, still could he was do big, it big guy especially now <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you saying, but you know, you know he had a fantastic feat for a big guy really wasn't I remember one training session where he got the lads shooting from the, the D at the edge of the area he said I won't use my hands they still couldn't score you got use geek players like that trying to score against him and improve <laughs> but, but I, rem- I remember when you when you had your 50th appearance, you marked it with a, a special haircut. <laughs> what, what was the inspiration behind that then? What, 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 was uh, that random? 
I know he was a bit random, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> a mate of mine was a hairdresser and he just had to say about it. And I thought, well, give it a go. It was uh, obviously didn't quite work out the result, unfortunately. But it was uh, one of those things. But no, as I say, it's a proud moment to win your 50th cap. And, um, disappointing, but proud as such, because obviously we lost the game. But when you sort of look back to get 50 caps, as I say, I didn't start until late. So I was well chuffed early. Fantastic. Um, so, Paul, we're always trying to take the viewers back to a time. So, with you, it'll be, I'm sure, two matches you'll remember, but the, the second of their matches is the uh, Cup replay um, to Sheffield Wednesday in 1995. Um, yeah. Obviously, we've had a lot of Wolves fans wanting want to know about that. Uh, we just want to hear your take on the match itself and particularly the penalties. Was it 3 1 down? That's right, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean the game wasn't. The replay, obviously, we got through to the uh, replay that's, uh, from Hillsborough to, to Molyneux. Late, the late penalty then, actually, so it was nil-nil. We came back. Uh, the game wasn't brilliant, if I remember rightly. The, the, the sort of 120 minutes, one each extra time. But the penalties, I think, made up for that. It was uh, it was a bit surreal, really. And looking back over sort of 24, 25 years, it's, um, it really sort of sinks, sinks in, really, when you watch it back, how, how crazy that night was. You know, as you said, 3-1 down. Um, I think the big centre half had a chance to win it and he chipped it onto the bar. And then we obviously went on to score and I saved a couple as well. But it was just, it was a fantastic night. And I'm sure, I mean, I know a lot of the fans sort of remind me about it. And, and they, they know it's just such a great one, those great nights in Molyneux, which you have it sometimes. Yeah. How, how did you, when you're going into the penalties, because I obviously watched it back and there were some questionable haircuts. Yours was safe, but there were some questionable haircuts <laughs> at that time and some. Um, yeah, the goalkeeper strip on the other end. Yours was fine, but it was uh, it was creative. Let's say that. Yeah, and Kev Pressman, yeah, good. But to be fair, he took probably the best penalty of the night. It was uh, <laughs> mashed it with his left foot into the top corner, and uh, I don't think I even bothered moving for that one. <laughs> did you have a tactic for them penalties? Were you did you had you pre rehearsed it, or, or was that just um, improvised on for it? I mean, you sort of. I think now it's, it's more of everything's filmed and, and you know, the goalkeeping coach and so on that goes through everything. We're, you know, mid-90s, we had a goalkeeping coach in once, twice, maybe a week. Um, but, you know, the match of the days and so on, you try and be aware of who, who takes spot kicks, where they go. Obviously, when there's five or six against you in, in a shootout, you're obviously not sure who's going to take them. But I'd obviously already saved one against Bart Williams in the first game. So I, when he came out, I just fancied he'd go the other way. And he, and he did, fortunately. Yeah, um, Chrissy, Chrissy Sorry, Paul. Um, I, was, I was just going to say that obviously yeah. you about um, you know bringing a goalkeeping coach in you know tw- twice a week, and and that's at the you know the highest of levels. And you see you know goalkeepers now, and they've got coaches there daily, you know, and and they've got everything alongside that. Some have now even got two, three, four goalkeeping coaches, you know, assisting the the, the first team. So uh, how would you f- find it, obviously? different from the sort of modern day goalkeeper obviously you know and it's the same level it's the top end to, to obviously when you played yeah I think uh, again fortunately you know late in my career at Southampton we started to have David Coles who came in full time as coached us and um, through there so I got a taste of it but yeah certainly in the 80s and 90s um, you know you had lad smashing balls at you and you sort of got on with it that way as I say it started to came it came in with a little bit of walls mid 90s where we had someone in uh, Pete Benetti, God rest his soul, obviously passed away recently. Pete came in a few times and then Eric Steele, who I worked really well with and I think Eric really improved my uh, my goalkeeping, basically. He was at Man United for many, many years. I know Pete Smarker loved him and so on. Um, but I think, I think obviously now, as you say, you know, there could be three or four and they've got 
probably 20 bank staff now that the fact that there's so much out there that they can use technology as well, you know, so um, it's, it's changed massively, absolutely. And of course, when I started playing, you could pick the ball up from a back pass. So that's, that's a bit different now, as, yeah. as one of the keepers have found out recently. Yeah. It, it, it sort of leads on nicely to the next question, and that's obviously everyone goes on about sort of kind of missing the 90s football and period, and, and especially the, the period in which you played. Um, what big differences do you see from the game that you were playing to, to maybe the, the, the leagues now? Yeah, I think I think there's a, a lot of um, a lot of managers and coaches like to keep the ball basically. And I think sometimes I've watched a few of the games. I don't watch many games now because I must admit I find it hard to watch because you get almost get to the edge of the box and you come all the way back to the goalkeeper again. You know, so yeah. we bought teams used to get the ball wide and get the ball in the box. You know, and create and for a goalkeeper purpose, it was, you know, it was tough because obviously if den- defenders they you always defend trying to crosses and come for crosses and so on, but. Now it seems to be, you know, if you if you look through a game, goalkeeper doesn't touch the ball that often unless it's with his feet. You know, he's trying to play as a sweep and so on. But it certainly seems to stop putting the ball in the box and coming for crosses. That's certainly changed over the years. I think they try and play these short little passes and come through the middle more than obviously go around the outside. And having said that, Wolves have been doing that very well recently, <laughs> getting balls in the box. <laughs> and, and as well, I mean, I watched um, on that. I watched Edison the other night and. It was just kind of watching him, and I was I was a little bit in awe of him. You know the way he plays out. He was almost sitting in his six-yard box, and he's receiving the ball in the eight-yard box, and and they're fizzing the ball into him, and you know they're yeah. really testing a touch, and, and people's breathing down his neck, and he's just so calm, and he, you know, he's kind of bringing everybody in. He's just picking Carl Walker out or his left back, and it, it's great to see. But he also lost the ball once in the game, where yeah. he put it away, and they, they they nearly scored from it. So there is that reverse effect of. There's always that risk. There's always that risk, isn't yeah. there? You know, which, um, McCarthy did it for Southampton against Arsenal a couple of days ago. You know, it, there's that risk. The manager's got to look at that. Is if you want them to try the goalkeepers to play, they're going to get caught out now and again, maybe. Yeah. So it, it depends how much they want to play that way. I mean, I, I remember Allison did it early on for the season for Liverpool and Leicester, I think it was away, and he got caught and obviously. And from then on, he really made sure that you know he took no chances. Obviously, he can play your player, but where they were doing a little bit, a few tricks and whatever. And yeah. I think maybe one or two of the keepers have got overconfident at the times. Yeah. Do you think, because obviously when we talk about comparing, that's a big thing that comes out now, is, is keepers being able to play with a feet and just as good as... Do you think, if we went back to, to your playing days, do you think even though keepers might have been able to do that a lot more, but weren't allowed to... Do you, know, do you think there was more yeah. things of managers going, what are you doing, whereas now yeah. we have to let them... Yeah, I, th- I think was well, there's that also the pitches what we played in in the 80s and 90s. I wouldn't like to do it too often because <laughs> some of them were rubbish, as you mentioned, especially down the middle of the pitch from the goal. You know, each six yard area right to the middle. It was, it was shocking at times. Where now, I mean, they're playing on carpets. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic yeah. pitches. You you see, it whenever time of year is, that they're magnificent. So, you know, you've got the pitches. You've obviously got the different techniques of say different maybe foreign managers coming in wanted to play that continental side of it, um, where we were a bit more, the British were, you know, 4-4-2, get it forward, get to the big man up front, you know, your bullies and those sort of boys, you know what I mean? It has changed, you know. Is it, is it for the better? I'm not sure. As I say, entertainment-wise, it can, some of the games certainly can be quite poor um, to watch, I say. Yeah, it's, it's become almost very yeah. robotic, hasn't it? Even with the VR, you know, VR stuff and, you know, it's almost, it's kind of killed that, 
um, enjoyment in a way. You know, when you're watching the yes. game and, and they're kind of going over to the side and they're checking and the game's being stuck for two minutes and then they're still thinking, have we made the right decision? It's almost kind of took that sort of enjoyment of the entertainment side, like you say. So, no, definitely. Yeah, and, 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 and Sorry, sorry Paul. Sorry, James. Uh, John, just on that, because it's quite a big subject where, do you think football was maybe more relatable to people in the 90s? Where, you know, and with the, everyone goes on about 90s footballs with how they are and, you know, you, 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 have, you have characters like Razor Ruddock and, and saying, oh, I've gone for a drink after the game. And, and it was maybe you thought, hmm, he, he could be playing for a, you know, maybe not quality level, but he could be playing for a team that we play on for on a Sunday. And there was, there was maybe more characters back then. Whereas I think now, you wouldn't, it wouldn't happen because you're not allowed that and it's more technical. And Yeah, I, th- I think... Yeah, it's a difficult again because I think I think you can't really tackle now. There used to be a lot of Jimmy Cases and as I say Razor and people like that who could put the foot in. And, yeah. and I think I think actually the lockdown actually a lot of people have been watching the eighties and nineties football and certainly bits I've seen on Facebook. They've said they really enjoyed it because it literally was they got stuck in. Got it was almost like Sunday football yeah. at times yeah. with yeah. a bit more quality. Yeah, but people got stuck in and they got on with it. You know, there was a few yeah. fouls. But lads got up and got with it. And now. It's almost like they're always looking for a foul, you know, and it stops, start, and it just, yeah, it bores me sometimes. I must admit. <laughs> no, brilliant, Paul. And um, you also had a, a short loan spell at Liverpool. Um, what was your time like at the club, and how did the loan come around for you? Yeah, I wasn't playing at Saints at the time. Um, it was early January, so just into New Year 2004. And um, Jersey Dudette had got injured, and Chrissy Curtin had got injured, been injured at Liverpool. Uh, they only had a young French keeper and I wasn't playing it. I think uh, George Hooley rung Strax up on the Thursday afternoon after training and said, am I available? I'm seeing, he said, yeah, he's rung me up. I said, yeah, you can go. So I literally drove there Thursday evening, spoke to Gerard and then signed in the morning for the loan and then literally played against Villa and, and beat them 1-0 at Anfield. So it was, it was a whirlwind thing, which probably helped in a way. But I mean, as I said, I was a Liverpool fan as a boy in the 70s and 80s growing up with fantastic teams and to actually put the shirt on and play few times at Anfield, one thing and another, but to actually put the shirt on and run out in front of the cop was uh, pretty special. Yeah, and I'll take it you're very happy this week as well, obviously, with winning the win the title. And <laughs> Of course, yeah. 32, 30 years, sorry, too long. But <laughs> yes, we've had a few ups and downs over the years. There's, uh, obviously, a couple of years ago, when Steve Gerrard slipped and so on. But no, the, the last two years, obviously, City did win it last year, were tremendous as well. Last season, but the last two seasons, Liverpool have been unbelievable. Some of the football they played is is different class, and they totally deserve it. You know, to win the league seven games to go is that's saying something. You know, as, as much as um, unfortunately as it is now, the lockdown and, and no spectators, it's it's just a, a tremendous achievement, really. And obviously, being European champions and world champions, I think they've virtually got everything at the minute in the cupboard. So, um, you know, and then the great thing is they've got them to do that next season. You know. That that's will show a, a real team. You know, the, the Liverpool's of the seventies, eighties. Uh, that's what they were good at. As much as they won it, they want to want it again and again and again. And they've got to do that. Yeah. You, you talk about that, Paul, the the cop and and the, and the atmosphere there. Obviously, you've played a lot of massive grounds with a lot of fans in. How does the cop sort of compare to that and playing at Anfield? Because everyone talks about the atmosphere there. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, when this thing, you'll never walk alone. You come out, and you, the, the noise of that is, is absolutely tremendous. It really is. It's, it's just fantastic. And you, you know, if you can't get up to play for your team when you hear all that from those fans, and, and there's a minute, as I say, I only played twice with Liverpool, but I still go back now and again. They invite me up to do one or two things, and 
the amount of people that come up to me and say, oh, thanks for coming for those couple of games. And, you know, it's, it's brilliant. You're talking of nearly 20 years ago now, 16 years ago. So it's, it's just fantastic. You know, they, they know the football, to be fair. You know, I mean, my, most, obviously, uh, fans do the, their own clubs, but honestly, that they're tremendous followers. And um, as I say, the, the fans totally deserve it as well, I think. Absolutely. So, Paul, we're, we're going to move on to some uh, questions from followers of the Evo GK podcast. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for writing in. Um, we'll get as many out as we can. Uh, so the first one is from Alex Fidolf uh, from Burton-on-Trent. Uh, and he's asking about the famous uh, bus stealing incident with Brian Law that he's had at Wolves. <laughs> yeah, Brian Law. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what do we say about that? Uh, <laughs> Law, he was a character. He was a good lad at that uh, yeah, I think he had one or two, maybe Sherbert, you were saying, evening. And uh, I, I believe, I mean, I was involved and I'm not sure if any of the players were actually. He had a couple of mates over and I think um, he'd been up the town and uh, decided to try one of the buses out, really, and <laughs> drove for a mile or two. Um, I think he got his hand slapped, if I remember rightly, but I don't think it went too far in the end. But the, yeah, not the thing to do, really. I think. Again, 20, 30, 20, 25 years ago, we'd probably get away with a bit more then and yeah. it'd be on that's, social media and everything by now, wouldn't it, if it was that, now? So. That's it. I, th- I think a lot more goes under. I mean, you hear like you know, stories back of, of Gaza turning up with an ostrich, was it, to train and, and lots of players doing different things. And, yeah, there's uh, all sorts got away with it. Like yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, so this one is from uh, Andy in Surrey. And uh, he wants to know what you think of the current Wolves team. Ah, I mean, again, the last season or two, they've come on uh, leaps and bounds, obviously winning the championship by a massive uh, couple of years ago, massive points there. And then they've come in and staked their own last season and got into Europe. Um, but I think they've been tremendous again. You know, they've really come on another level, which is great because it's always difficult the second season after you've come up, really. But the managers, he's got some great players in there. They, they play some nice style again. You know, they can be tight at the back and, and obviously got a very good goalkeeper from, from my point of view and moving forward. You know, they've got ability and they can get goals from pretty much anywhere, I think. Um, so, you know, I think the fifth at the moment, I've just have to beat Villa yesterday, so the fans would be happy with that. Um, but it's a great opportunity. I think they could play Leicester and Chelsea in those, you know, six, seven games. So it's a great opportunity to even finish third, if, if, if not in the top four, you know, and get into the third. Um, you know, at the moment, the fifth, United's chasing down for the fifth, but... I think I think there's a great opportunity for him to you know stake the claim for third place. So, so I'll, I'll throw I'll throw a question on top of that. Who, your team in the prime at the Wolves era or, or the current team? If they if they could have a match against each other, who wins it? I think I think I think the team present team maybe just just great. Depends on the pitch. Depends on the pitch. Water yeah. on the pitch. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. Um, it'd, be, it'd be close Bully would probably get a few couple of goals but yeah it'd be a close one but I think I think, uh, as you say if the muddy pitch we'd have fancy ourselves but on, on a decent pitch it might be tough <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and last question is from Steve Wiles from Lincoln and he wants to know uh, who was your favourite player to play with at your time at Wolves again a lot of, lot of Wolves fans right? yeah I mean I, um, again some great lads obviously Bully is the same up front Andy Much they, those two lads were brilliant great pair you know scored bags of goals he had the, the guys Robbie Dennison and, and the lads you know supplying them but um, for, for me and I played with him twice actually one at Wolves and then went off to Southampton Dean Richards again lost him way way too early but a great ability fantastic centre half 
um, ability to read the game. Uh, he obviously had the height. Of, you know, he, he was very rarely beaten in the air, and, and he was just a tremendous player. And he came to Saints, and we had a couple of seasons there, and, and I think I think we had a record of seven clean sheets. As much as obviously, you know, I'm, I'm in goal, he he just stopped a lot of them as well. He's such a good lad as well, you know, and uh, we sorely missed, but. You know, he's a tremendous player, absolutely tremendous player for Wolves as well. Uh, and this is moving on to our last question, Paul. And again, thank you everyone for writing in. There's some fantastic questions, great answers. Um, is this is a question we ask all of our guests, Paul? And it's, it's um, what advice could you give um, to young aspiring goalkeepers who want to play the level that you've played? I think train hard. Um, at the end of the day, that, that's that's where our bread and butter comes from. Is training. Repetition, as much as it sounds daft, but catch the ball, you know, try and catch the ball. That's a little bit of things gone out with the foreign keepers coming in, they like to parry things and so on. I know the ball's a little bit lighter maybe over the last, you know, eight, ten years. But if you can, just repetitions of catching a ball, coming for your crosses. Obviously, you've got to be very good with your feet now because that's, that's been brought into the game. So, again, work, work if you have a coach, you know, or any little goalkeeping schools you can get involved with. Certainly do that and, and try and start as young as possible. But, but just have a bit of confidence in yourself. You know, if you make a mistake, don't worry about it. You know, brush that off. Unfortunately, the goalkeepers will make a mistake. I don't know what, you know, don't care what level you're at. That happens, but you just got to brush that off. And, and uh, you know, just go and just believe in yourself as well. Absolutely great advice. Well, Paul, it's been an honour talking to you. Um, some great stuff from all, all, I think Wolves fans will be in, but from Liverpool and, and everyone. Uh, I'm, Thank you very much for coming on to talk to us. It's a pleasure, guys. Thank, Thank you very much, Paul. So for, for everyone, everyone listening at home, I'm sure you enjoyed that as much as we did. Um, and thank you for all your questions. Um, comment on the on the on the post and let us know your thoughts on on, on Paul's stories. That'd be great. Uh, thank you, Evo GK, and we'll catch you there. Thank you for listening to the Evo GK Podcast with your host, James Howarth and Dominic Bylet. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Evolve with evolution.